Welcome to the Retirement Plan Playbook. I'm Matthew Thiel, a certified financial planner with RPA Wealth Management. I'm joined as always by Joshua Winterswick. Josh, how are you doing today? Doing well. Thank you, Matt. And unfortunately, we will not be joined on today's show by RPA President Brent Pasqua. He's taking some time to be with his family, and we expect to have him back on his normal podcast schedule at the beginning of the year. Um, So today's show, we have a pretty special one. Um, We are going to talk about eight financial to-dos before the year end hits. Josh, you want to get us started with the first one? Yeah, let's just dive right in. So I can't believe that this year is already almost to an end. It flew by. I know. It's crazy. I'm getting ready for some turkey next week. Uh, I don't know if uh, you are as well. Are you a big turkey or you like ham, both? No, I'm a big turkey guy. Are you? Yeah. Gravy, the whole nine yards, stuffing. Yeah, I do it all. Nice. I, I like that too. I, I just, now that I'm older, I can't eat as much as I used to. Like I just have to, I used to get like two or three plates at Thanksgiving, but now that's down to pretty much one plate. Yeah. I try to pace myself. Cause usually I go to like two or three households, you know, like mom side, dad side, wife side. So I just try to pace myself throughout the whole day. So I'm not feeling like a stuffed turkey by the end of the day. Me too. And, and now I actually only eat at one house. I only eat at my mom's house. Oh really? Yeah. Smart. So you just go ham yep. at one house. Yeah, exactly. I know. I've, I feel like I like a lot more of the sides that come with it than the actual turkey, but I'm looking forward to it as well. Well, turkey is really hard to cook, so I feel like a lot of people end up messing it up yeah. and it comes out dry. It comes out dry. Yeah. You just pack it with gravy, but I'm looking forward to that too, but just really this year's flown by. Christmas is also right around the corner. Let's get started. You ready? I am ready to rock. The first uh, financial thing to do uh, before the end of the year that we got on our eight things um, is to review your 2019 goals and set 2020 goals. Matt, do you want to touch on that? Absolutely. So what we're trying to do here is we're trying to see what exactly happened um, to you during the year. Did you accomplish your goals that you set out to? Did you have goals? If you didn't, why not? Did you face any financial setbacks? And I think this is a good point. Everybody faces financial setbacks throughout the year. It's perfectly normal. There's very few people who go throughout a whole year without one financial setback. I know my financial setback this year in my family was when uh, my wife, Haley, she uh, found out her job was uh, being, uh, I guess, terminated. And so she had to go find a new one, but we made it through it. We weren't expecting that, but it happened. Anything for you? Yeah, I got married this year, so um, I know you're married, and sometimes that can go over budget. So that was a, you know, big financial setback for us. But to kind of touch on that too, I think that you know, writing down your goals and being prepared for them, if you haven't written them down, or whether if it's on a computer or on a piece of paper, is just really important. So then that way you can you know get through those financial tough times, like you were just saying, that come throughout the year. Yeah, absolutely. And once you kind of start planning for them, then I mean, the setbacks aren't as bad as they are for most people. And the next thing you want to do when you're looking at your 2020 goals is start thinking, hey, what do I want to happen in 2020? What do I want to accomplish? Some good goals for people, um, small and large, is maybe it's uh, getting a new job training, uh, taking an educational course that costs you a couple thousand dollars that you could save up for, or maybe it's purchasing a new home or home remodel. 
maybe you're looking to change jobs. You're not happy with your current job and you want to maybe either work less, work more or change industries. Um, retirement is a huge one for a lot of people. Um, any other goals that you could think of, Josh, that would be good for people in 2020? Yeah. And I think, think just, um, other goals that might allow you to be more efficient, like let's say adding a, a workout plan or, you know, a new diet, um, you know, that's going to just better your lifestyle as well. It doesn't necessarily always have to be directly financial, but that can help you indirectly with the other, you know, aspects of your life. That, that's a great one. Actually, I'm, I'm big on changing my diet right now, as, as you know, from being at the office. Yeah. So I'm getting set up for 2020. Yeah. And I think one more thing to add to just goals is make sure you write them down. And a lot of them, you know, make sure you have, you put a dollar amount on them. If it is a savings goal, actually setting a, a dollar amount goal to that and, you know, to try to achieve it, I think it's just really important to set actual amounts to the goals as well. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, if, if there's no numerical value or there's no certificate or completion at the end, then it's really not a goal. It's just a dream. Right. Or time horizon, you know, a yeah. year, um, six months. Um, let's move on. You good? You good with goals? Okay. So number two, review 2009 income and expenses. All right. So this is a, this is a fun one, right? The, the first thing you want to do is you want to see actually how much money you made. Um, and this is quite controversial, but what I look at is I just look at your checking account and see how much money came in. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there might be some one-offs in there, um, but that's going to give you a, a pretty good number. Take a look at those net checks. I mean, was it five grand a month, 10 grand a month, whatever. That's how much money came into your pocket during the year. Um, I believe pretty much any bank you can run this through their their website. Yeah, right very now. easily through just the search through your bank. Also, I mean, with a lot of the HR through companies, if you are working for an employer, um, they have your net year to date amount either on your pay stub or through their like employee portal is what we've seen a lot too. Um, that can give you a, an accurate number of what you've made so far. And, and you can also then see, you know, what's been deducted, how much you've saved into your retirement accounts and have a really good idea of your income. That's a great point. And then, um, the, the next thing you want to take a look at is how much did you spend? There's a few different ways to do this. But most likely, if your savings account hasn't grown year over year, you probably spent every month all the dollars you made. Would you agree that's with fair. that? <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to, to, to see if you are saving. If You say you're saving, but it, to see if you really are, is did your savings account grow? Yeah, and if it didn't, yeah, you probably spent all the money you made, but that's okay. Um, we'll fix that later in today's show. Yep, absolutely. Um, and I, I think this has just been a common theme on the other shows too, is embracing some sort of organizational software like mint.com that's going to organize your income and expenses and give you an idea of your cash flow. Just really, really beneficial. And those softwares are free. And a lot of times even your bank offers some sort of analysis on, on your, your annual cash flow. So um, just a really important you know step to take before the end of the year to see how you did. Absolutely. Moving on. So number three. Uh, we have maxing out your retirement savings. So this one's, I think, is for the people who uh, didn't spend everything they made, right? But um, it's really important. So if you are eligible through a 401k, through your work, for 2019, you're allowed to um, defer up to $19,000. And if you're over the age of 50, you could defer an extra 6000 That's what's called a catch-up, right? Yep, your catch-up contribution. 
If you do not have a 401k through work, you could use an IRA and you could put away $6,000 with a catch up at age 50 of 1,000. If you've maxed out your 401k, you might want to consider looking into an HSA as well and get those triple tax benefits. And it, that's 3,500 for an individual and 7,000 for a family. An HSA healthcare savings account. Yes, absolutely. Um, but also fun fact about HSAs, they can be used for retirement. Yeah, that's a really cool feature to them. And the, the limits keep going up. I mean, it was relatively low when they first came out and they keep going up too. Just mm. a lot of benefits to the HSA. Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually probably need to get one myself. Also, just a lot of rules behind the 401k and contributing in the IRA. So make sure you do your research to see if you're eligible, especially yes. with the IRAs and HSAs. But um, a great time to get some tax savings before the end of the year by contributing. Yeah. And then a lot of people, I mean, taxes are the, the benefit you see right away. But another benefit is more of a long-term benefit. But there, I mean, there's so many people who are unhappy with what their their current job is. I mean, we're blessed that we're happy. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty simple, people. The more money you save, the faster you're going to get to retirement. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And so saving money is... And, and it, having it invested. I mean, you're absolutely. saving this money in, in the growth that's compounding from now until you retire is just another benefit. There's just so many benefits to the retirement savings accounts for sure. Yeah. And I don't want to make this more complex than it has to be. But for those of you who max out your 401k, you do have the potential to maybe contribute to a Roth IRA or a non-deductible IRA. Um, Contact your tax professional or your financial advisor and they'll be able to tell you, but you could be putting in probably close to 30,000 a year in retirement savings, depending on your income. Yeah. Great point. Yep. There's so many different options, making sure you explore all of them before the end of the year, if you have some money to do so or some cash flow. So great point. Uh, moving on to number four, Matt. Yeah, let's get to number four. Awesome. Uh, utilize your employee benefits. All right. This is one that I, I feel like a lot of people do not take advantage of, um, but most large employers are going to offer quite a few um, benefits that you might not be taking advantage of and trying to get them in before the end of the year is a great option. The first thing you might want to check in and see if there's any new retirement plans. A lot of times employers might introduce new retirement plans throughout the year. I think we just passed open enrollment, right, Josh? Yeah. And depending on it, it could still be in that period, but now's a great time to be looking into that for next year and for the end of the year to utilize those benefits for this year. Um, another thing you might want to look into is if you have stock options, there's quite a few elections you can make on those stock option accounts, um, before the end of the year to lock, lock in potential tax savings, or you might even want to cash some of those out this year to diversify away from your company. Again, if you have stock options, the first thing I would do is call a financial advisor who's experienced with them, um, cause they are extremely complex. Yeah, consulting with an advisor and, and again, a tax professional on the stock options is definitely the recommendation. But I agree with you, now's a great time before the end of the year and especially to strategize between the two years because, you know, January 1st, we'll start this new tax year. So you're opening yourself up to a couple more options if you're doing it now instead of starting in January. Yeah, and another thing you could do if you have dental and vision. And this is kind of a cool one, but, um, a lot of the times those plans give you two teeth cleanings per year, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that are covered under a dental plan. 
and then an eye exam, usually with either contacts or glasses per year. Um, if you haven't used that yet, go use it before the end of the year. Yeah, and especially on like on the vision side, I know you wear contacts, right? Yeah, and I can't so see. Do I. But like, <laughs> neither can I. But getting that exam, and even if it is, uh, you know, telling them my optometrist is pretty helpful of saying, you know, this is the best way to use those benefits, even if you don't need it. So consulting with them to getting some of, you know, that free money that's out there for the vision and dental consulting with your professionals to maximizing those benefits. Yeah, absolutely. My dentist helped me with that. So, um, I hadn't gone to the dentist in a few years and then I started going like three years ago and I came, I believe in October and I ended up getting two cleanings in before the end of the year take advantage of my benefits and they were the ones who pointed it out to me. So yeah. I thought that was cool. It was like a win-win for everybody, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They got paid and my teeth got cleaned because they were dirty. Perfect. On to the next. Let's move on. Perfect. We're on number five already. So spending your HSA money. Yeah. So, um, FSA money. Oh yeah. No F FSA. Yeah. So, uh, let's, that's my mistake. Apologize for that. Let's discuss the differences. So HSA, you can put money away and you can defer it up until retirement. You don't have to spend it. FSA, you could put money away, but you have to spend it by the end of the year. Got uh, it right. I'm not a big FSA guy. I guess that's probably on me. Have you ever used one? Yeah, actually at my previous, when I, when I worked for City, we had one, which was nice. I mean, there's a laundry list of things you can use it for. So again, more of that tax strategy to put some money in there and use it on, on specific expenses that are qualified, but make sure you spend it cause you don't want to lose it. Absolutely. That's, that's the theme with, uh, this, uh, bullet point, but, um, yeah, that they can be very helpful. And especially if you do have a lot of qualified, you know, healthcare expenses throughout the year. And again, this goes back to knowing where you're spending and bringing that awareness. So if you're using some sort of software, looking back at your expenses, you can look through to see how much you're spending on personal care products, dentist, vision, um, and you could properly fund your SHA going into next year as well with a little bit more knowledge on how much you need. Absolutely. And so I, when I was doing research for this one, I actually found something really cool that's beneficial if you have extra money in your FSA and don't know what to spend it on. Um, but if you go to cvs.com, they have a, a tag or a tab you can search under and it'll show you all the products you could purchase that are FSA eligible. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great tip. Yeah. And then, I mean, there's stuff like contact solution. Gosh, what else did they have? I remember back when I had one, like even buying a medical aid kit, like if you didn't have one for your home. Oh, right. Like first aid kit. First aid kit. Yeah. So like I know even Costco sells them and, you know, I'm sure CVS sells one, but something that like I didn't think of, like I don't have that, like a full kit in my house. Yes, I have different oddball things, but um, even if just to spend that money, another thing that you can kind of, you know, prepare for. Yeah, that's a great tip. So spend that FSA money. If you don't use it, you lose it. Anything else? No, I, I think that's good. Besides, oh, I got one more thing. Okay. CVS, if you want to sponsor a podcast, let us know. We <laughs> uh, we definitely thought that the FSA site was cool and we'll show it to all of our clients. Yeah, yeah. Moving on. So um, number six is rebalance investment accounts. So when we're looking at your investment accounts, most people are going to be in have some percentage of stock to bonds in there, right? So then maybe it's 90% stock, 10% bond, 60% stock. 
uh, 40% bond. That's pretty much how retirement savings is done today. And what happens over time is the positions go up and down and your portfolio becomes out of balance. It's uh, very similar to how you would take your car to get your tires rotated because your tire tread wears unevenly. And your portfolio works the same way. Over time, it wears unevenly. And this year, we've had a great year in the United States stock market as of recording the S&P 500s of 27%. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. So what that means for most people, though, is they probably are over allocated to stocks compared to where they really want to be. So over allocated from their target allocation. Absolutely. They have too many stocks. Yeah. And what rebalancing does is allows you to uh, sell high and buy low. So it's practicing our one of our tips or our, our philosophy points to investing of buying low and selling high. Right. Whereas most people buy high and sell low. So like a lot of people who aren't investing in the stock market are going to see that the S&P 500 probably ended up returning 30% this year. And they're going to go reallocate from bonds to stocks. But does that really make sense? Because they're kind of buying high, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. And I think uh, just one point to talk about is with the investment accounts, these are the non-retirement accounts, right? So the accounts that have actual gains and losses that are after tax accounts. Well, they are, but you could also rebalance a retirement account. Sure. Sure. Okay. I mean, you might have a, you might be getting close to retirement and because the stock market went up, you now have 70% of stock instead of 60% of stock. Right. Yeah. Always having that rebalancing idea for all investment accounts. But I, I guess also the point I'm trying to make is be mindful of the tax implications of rebalancing and after tax accounts. Oh, absolutely. that's another rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's way too much for today's podcast. But if you do have an after tax account and you want to rebalance it, consult a financial advisor or a, an accountant. They'll help you out. So reaching out to your professionals again with this point. <laughs> yeah. It's a big point of the show. Ready for number seven. Yeah. Let's move on. Alrighty. Review your net worth sheet. So your net worth sheet um, is something that most people don't have. And I, I feel like the one thing that we do, maybe you can agree or disagree, is the first time I show a new client their balance sheet, their eyes light up. I agree. It's one of the most like gratifying things we do because they've never seen it before. Yeah. And, and to see just what your asset total is. So if you're looking at a net worth sheet or balance sheet and you're seeing for the first time, because you've never just taken the time to organize everything you have and to see that dollar amount. It is. It's like a, you know, a lot of clients even look like deer in a headlight. Like, wow, I didn't know, or I thought it was more right. Very impactful. The one that's always funny to me is people like, oh wow, I didn't realize I had that much money. Yeah, yeah, that does happen. Because they have accounts all over the place. But essentially, what you're doing is um, you're making uh, two columns. First column will have all your assets listed. Uh, Josh, what are some examples of assets? Uh, your primary residence, so your home, if you have any other property or land, you have your retirement accounts, savings accounts, um, even if it is something like a classic car. So these are all assets that have value. Yeah. Uh, business interests, if you own a business. Yeah, great point. Um, let's see. Anything else we missed? No. I think we, we covered it. So brokerage accounts, retirement accounts were good. Yeah. And then, um, so that's column one. That's your assets. You add all those up and see what you get. Hopefully it's around 1 million, 2 million, 3 million, 4 million. 
I think that also gets clients excited when it does, if it is over a million. Yeah. Because they feel like, oh, I'm a millionaire. (laughs) But then we get to the liability section. (laughs) Yeah, moving on. All right, so liabilities. Uh, What are some good examples of liabilities? Uh, We have credit cards, student loans, auto loans. Josh, did I miss anything? No. Uh, Home loans? Yeah, I mean, anything stemming from mortgage, a home equity lines of credit, mortgage, um, credit card debt, student loan. Pretty much this column is whoever you owe money to. Yeah. And this is your liabilities. You add it up and hopefully it doesn't add up to too much. Yeah. Yeah. And then to calculate your, your net worth, you're adding up your assets, subtract your liabilities to get that net worth total. Yep. You take your A minus your L and you get your net worth. This is something that you should be doing every year. It's a great way to check to see if you're making progress. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's just a really powerful tool because it's going to continue to help you, you know, see if you're accomplishing those goals and create the vision for the future and and also give a dollar amount to your next goal. You know, I want my net worth to be X. What do we have to do to accomplish that? Absolutely. And if you're in the accumulation phase, which is pretty much anybody who's not retired, you're going to want to actually see the sheep be growing every year. Right. If you're spending your money, you're retired, you might actually see this start to go down. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, anything else? No, I think we're ready to move on. So number eight, um, create 2020 savings and spending plan. All right. So now that we have an idea of what happened last year, um, we've done all, all of our kind of maximized 2019 tips. We're going to start looking towards of those 2020 goals you created in step one. And what we want to do is create how much your savings plan and your spending plan. One of the biggest rules of personal finance is to always pay yourself first. Most people have the opposite. When they start getting that check-in, so they start making you know real money, 10, 15,000 a month, they start paying other people. Buy a big house, um, buy a boat, buy a car, and that money starts going out. That's really opposite. What you wanna do first is pay yourself. So how much money do you wanna have in your savings account? Is it 50,000, 100,000, whatever? come up with how much per month you're going to put away and automatically send it away from your check. That way you never touch it and you don't spend it. Such an easy concept, but such a a big one. Like we've seen the most successful plans, you know, or become more successful by just implementing simple auto saving techniques, you know, out of sight, out of mind. It's leaving, I'm paying myself first, like you said, and it's just so impactful and it, it really benefits the plan in so many different ways. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you also probably want to look at your retirement accounts here and see, um, hey, did I max out my retirement account last year? No, I didn't. Why? Okay, well, maybe this year I'm going to try and max it out. Yeah, in determining how you can do it. So a lot of people, you know, increasing it to 19,000 might be a little bit intimidating at first, but you know, if you're taking all of these steps, especially by the end of the year, I think it'll also make you feel more comfortable with increasing those savings percentages. Right. And actually for me personally, I guess we'll talk about my plan. I think that's something that I want my wife and I to do next year is we've never fully maxed out mm-hmm. our 401ks, but we don't have really high expenses next year. So it's probably good to start maxing them and we are getting older. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think when, you know, the, the theme is increasing savings and the retirement savings, but like you said, throughout the year, things change and the plan can be adjusted and, you know, just making sure you're maximizing it at every stage, uh, you know, of your life or through the year is just really important. 
Absolutely. And then once you've kind of paid yourself, you could start spending it. Yeah. Uh, so then that's where the spending plan comes in. So or maybe buy a new car. Is that in the plans? When? Mm-hmm. Plan it out. I plan to buy my car for over a year. Yeah, so did I. New house. Plan it out. I've been planning to buy a house for six years. I haven't bought it. <laughs> <laughs> well, where you live is a little difficult. Yeah, it's very expensive. But I mean, take those steps and, and start planning your big expenses. I think far too many people live on a whim with their expenses and they, they might see like a new housing development and they, you know, go buy it. I mean, right. buying a house isn't, isn't hard. They'll sell a house to anybody. They'll sell a car to anybody, but actually plan it out for yourself. Yeah. And putting yourself in the best um, situation to succeed for the future as well. Not just that, you know, satisfaction of, of buying something, but planning it out, setting dollar amounts to those, you know, that goal. So, you know, you're when you're ready to seize that opportunity, you'll know that. And I think it just helps you prepare more for when that big purchase comes because a house is a, probably the, one of the biggest purchases we're going to make, right? Yeah, I think it is the biggest purchase they say you'll make all your life. Anything left? Are we closing the shop? No, I, I think that's good. I think just on the spending too, and it's been a theme on, on our podcast as well, but after you're, you're taking these steps, I think that, you know, you can have a little bit more guilt-free spending if you're taking those steps too, you know, with all of that understanding of your, your net worth, your cash flow, your spending, um, that you're, you're planning for, for the end of the year. I think it, you know, creates a little bit more happiness as well, because, you know, you're going to have a little bit more of an idea of what you can spend guilt-free. That's a great point. And I, another big expense that we, we uh, failed to mention is those uh, vacations. Right. Uh, a lot of people come to us and they say, hey, I want to retire. I want to take a big trip. Well, if you start planning for the big trip now, you could probably take it in a year. Yeah. It's not that hard to save for. And you could do it while you're working if you can get the time off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think there's just really good tips for the eight tips we had for the end of the year. I think just one, one more if we had something for only retirement um, listeners is make sure you take your RMD. That's a great one. RMD uh, is your required minimum distribution if you're over 70 and a half years old and you have um, retirement accounts. So make sure you're looking into that. Um, If you're coming up to 70 and a half or you are 70 and a half, just very important that you are taking your required minimum distribution before the end of the year. Um, And again, you know, there's a lot of research online reach out to an advisor or your your tax professional and making sure you're, you're taking those proper steps. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. Um, can't believe we forgot that for our, our retired listeners. Yeah. And I just think that, you know, that's something that we do help so much with, with our retirement listeners, but, um, you know, it's very specific. You have to be over 70 and a half to have that problem. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, it's all good. Well, Glad we touched it. Great save, Josh. Thank Com- you. Thank com- you. You're coming in like your favorite U S men's national team goalkeeper, Tim Howard. Yeah. Yeah, which was his last season in the MLS. Pretty sad about that. So he, Tim Howard's officially retired. And now he's doing TV on FS1, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, is it Champions League he does? Uh, yeah, actually. He yeah. does Champions League. That's, that's pretty cool. Uh, anything left? No, no. I think we, we touched a lot of good end of your stuff. So. Yeah, and I think for those who are looking for the recommendation section, which I know is really popular, I think we're going to put it on pause for today's episode and come back with our uh, holiday guides 
that we publish online. Oh, yeah. We have a ho- the holiday gift guide coming up. Yeah. So we're holding off the recommendations because we don't want to burn any from the holiday gift guide. Yeah, we want to save those for the holiday gift guide. Oh, okay. I'm excited for that. I'm going to have to think about this a little bit. Christmas is right here, man. It's crazy how fast it went by. I know. Well, the wives do it too, and Haley's been planning hers all year. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> okay. Not to put extra pressure on Brooke. I have or, to tell Or Brooke. Tiffany. Yeah, the, I have to tell my wife that um, she's going to need to bring her A game with the holiday gift guide this year. Haley's been doing her research. Yeah, Haley's ready to go. Um, all right, well, anything else? No. That's all right. Great. Well, let's close this show. Thank you very much for listening to the Retirement Plan Playbook. Uh, you can find more about us by going to retirementplanplaybook.com. Uh, we have a couple free ebooks on there that you could read or you could just reach out. Um, but thank you for listening to the show and have a great day. Thank you. RPA Wealth Management is a state-registered investment advisor located in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. RPA Wealth Management may only transact business in those states and jurisdictions in which it is registered or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. A copy of RPA Wealth Management's current disclosure statement, Form ADV Part 1, containing RPA Wealth Management's business operations, services, and fees is available by accessing the SEC's Investment Advisor Public Disclosure website. RPA Wealth Management will provide Form ADV Part 2A from Brochure and 2B Brochure Supplement to interested parties upon request. Information provided on this podcast should not be construed as a solicitation or offer or recommendation to acquire or dispose of any investment or engage in any other transaction. RPA Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personal investment advice or financial planning advice through its podcasts. RPA Wealth Management podcasts are intended for information and educational purposes only.